0: OK, so, of course, it's that time of year, as, as we said, where um, we're thinking of, of the birth of Jesus. And really, I just want to take a few minutes to, to look at, actually, that it was the passage that Steve read last week. Um, so a, a little bit of overlap there, but um, I really want to, to focus on just a different aspect of it. Um, we're look, going to be looking at um, the story where we read that Mary was visited by an angel. And told that news that she was going to be giving birth to the Son of God. Um, So it's Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38. And we'll we'll just read it again to refresh our memory. So verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. It was really that last verse that caught my eye um, when when preparing for this. Just the the sheer submission of of Mary to say, um, through all the fear that she would have been feeling, no doubt, um, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Um, I was reminded of that actually when uh, you have all the carols on this time of year the, the carol came on that said um, gentle Mary meekly bowed her head to me be as it pleases, pleaseth God she said and it just got me thinking that um, it's such a, an act of submission that we see from, from Mary who's uh, described as someone who was meek and, and favoured by God um, to, to bow her head in that way and, and to submit to God's will So straight away, um, to start with, we see that there's a contrast between Mary and, um, who's described as her her relative, uh, the woman Elizabeth. We read earlier in the chapter that um, Elizabeth was was getting on in years, but she was told by God that she would would have a son, and that was to be John the Baptist. Um, (coughs) We read of Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah. It says that Zechariah doubted at first um, we read that Zechariah was visited by an angel and told that uh, Elizabeth would conceive even though she's, she's um, an older woman and Zechariah replied to the angel how can I be sure and that's a contrast to Mary um, Mary would have been undoubtedly been amazed as well at the, the vision that she received from, from the angel um, but her response was to say how, how will this be not how can I be sure, but how will this be? So undoubtedly, having received that news that she was going to, to bear a child, she would have had so many questions, she would have been absolutely terrified, I'm sure, but she was able to respond. Not how can, how can I be sure, but how will this be? And then she submits herself to God's will with that statement that we've, we've read. I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. So it just got me thinking, really, that um, at Christmas time, what, what is it we're celebrating? It's that God had a plan to save us from our sins. And it's not something that was, was on our agenda, because um, we had no hope of saving ourselves, of course. And it certainly wouldn't have been on Mary's agenda that she was going to be bearing the Son of God and the Saviour of the world, and she would have been stunned by the vision from the angel. Um, but nevertheless, we're celebrating that God had a plan to save us from our sins. And it just um, highlighted to me that even when we're not sure what God's will is or, or why God wills something to be, to be the case, um, we, we have to trust in him, don't we, that his, his plan is for our good because we know that he loves us. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live <coughs> through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then down to verse 19 where it says, we love because he first loved us. And I think that, that sums up the, the message of, of uh, the Christmas story in a way, because despite the fact that we were far from God and that, and that we didn't love him in that way, he showed his love to us um, And as we've read, we love because he first loved us. And I think it's something that should help us to to trust in God in our own lives with both the small and the big things that we come across. Because we see that in the Christmas story, we see that God had a plan for our salvation. And we see that although Mary must have had so many things going through her mind, so many questions, she trusted that God's will was best. Um, And it's the same for us today, isn't it? Even perhaps when we can't see where, where God's will will take us, we have to trust that God loves us and that God's will is best. So let's always be remembering that. When faced with something that perhaps confuses us about God's will, let's remember that his plan is best. (coughs) So we see there that in in the passage we've read, we see that Mary submitted to God. Um, And it led me to think that um, Jesus himself had to submit to the Father as well. We've been thinking, haven't we, this morning about the the sacrifice that he made um, and the the journey to the cross. And we read in Luke 22 and verse 42, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying to his father and he says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And I don't know about you, but I think this is one of the most fascinating things that we read Jesus say, because I think perhaps we sometimes have the idea that because Jesus is is the Son of God, it was easy for him to do all the things that God wanted him to do when he was was on earth. Uh, Perhaps we think that it was like an automatic thing because Jesus is God. He he automatically went through life um, being perfect and doing God's will. Almost like he was was pre-programmed to follow God's script for him. But I think in this verse, when we read that he asks the Father to take the cup away from him, we see so clearly that he experienced the frailties that come with being a man. Um, no doubt he anticipated what was ahead of him. He, w- he would have thought of the beating that he was going to receive, the agony of the cross and the slow death that he was going to have to face. And we, just, we see so clearly, I think, that he, he's pleading with the Father that there might be another way. Um, and there's that real struggle um, that he has to, he has to face. And yet we see, crucially, that Jesus counts all of that, all that fear, all of that anxiety, as less important than the will of his Father. Um, So just as Mary, as we've read, submitted to the will of God and said, um, your will be done, so too does Jesus. Although facing such a horrible ordeal ahead of him, he, he submits to God's will and he acknowledges that the Father's way is perfect. So there's two instances of submission there. We've, got, we've had Mary, who submits to God's will, um, and we've had Jesus himself going to the cross um, to please the Father. So if the Son of God himself is willingly submitting to the Father, then surely we, as, as human beings, are, are to do the same. So finally, we've looked at Mary, and we've looked at um, the Lord Jesus. Um, we can turn to ourselves and, and consider how we're supposed to submit to God's will we see in the Lord's prayer that we're familiar with um, that it says your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is written um, it's Jesus saying it but it's written as a prayer that we're to pray Jesus is instructing his disciples and his listeners how to pray so it's something that we're to, to be praying your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and it's essentially a paraphrase of what Mary said in her encounter with the angel and of what Jesus said himself in the Garden of Gethsemane um, as he prayed to his father. But it's a template for us to follow in our prayers, which means that it applies to us as well. And um, it just made me think as well that as we learn more about God, this should be something that becomes easier for us to, to pray. Um, Perhaps for many people throughout the ages when they've prayed this prayer, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's been a kind of um, an acceptance that inevi- the inevitable will happen or just a resignation to the fact that God's will will happen. No matter what we do, um, God's will shall come to pass. So that's, that's, I think, something that many will have been thinking when they've prayed this. But for us as Christians, it should be more than that. It shouldn't just be a statement saying that whatever you will will come to pass. Although we know that's, that's true. It should be a desire of ours. It should be something that we want to happen when we're asking that God's will be done. And it's not just that we know, that we know everything that God wants because we don't. Um, it's not just that we agree with his will because we don't fully know what his will is all the time. But rather we know who God is. We know God himself. And we believe that he loves us and he wants what's best for us and that his plan is perfect. So I think if, if we're thinking like that about God, if we have that relationship where we fully, truly believe in a real way that God wants, um, wants things for our good, then it's easier, it's easier for us to, to make that prayer, your will be done. And we don't need to know fully his will to be able to say that. We can simply trust that Um, God is perfect and his will is perfect. So we can say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we've seen this in our two examples, haven't we? When Mary received her vision from the angel, she was absolutely terrified, I'm sure. And perhaps a part of her even wished that it would pass to someone else. She perhaps wished that someone else would, would take on this responsibility. But yet she submitted herself as God's servant because she knew that God's will was best. And Jesus himself, even though he knew what it meant for him to submit to God's will, he prized the Father's will so highly that he submitted his body to that, that horrible ordeal of, of torture and death because he knew that God's way was perfect. And so I think in Mary and, and especially in Jesus, we can see that there's that kind of relationship with God and an understanding of who God is and of his will that allows, um, allows us to submit to him. Um, and we just have to truly know that God loves us in order to, to be able to fully submit to him because we can have that, that trust that comes from knowing who he is. And it's by doing that that we can start to live for him. So just to finish, um, I think we can, we can take John 3 and 16, a well-known verse, as a reminder that, that God does indeed love us. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Um, It's just that reminder to us that that God loved us so much that he was willing to send his son to die for us. And we see that God's will is that we should repent and be saved. And we see also that he went to the greatest lengths to make that possible. When we think of of Jesus being born, perhaps we, we forget the reason for it sometimes, but we know, don't we, that it's... It's that he gave his own son as a sacrifice so that we might be reconciled to God. And just for any listening who haven't accepted that yet, um, perhaps it's something to think about this Christmas. Um, we here in, in the church believe that that Jesus died and rose to deal with our sin, and it's something um, that we give thanks for at this time of year. So perhaps if there are any listening who haven't considered that yet, it's something to, to give some thought to. But just to say, really, in that verse we see that God, it says, God so loved the world. And we know that that's the reason why he sent his son. Um, and it's something that can give us um, the ability to trust God. Perhaps when we're going through difficulties or, or we can't see um, where God is leading us, it's something that can just be a, a comfort to us, that we know that whatever happens, God so loved the world. And so let's be like, like Mary, and let's be like uh, the Lord Jesus himself, In submitting to God and saying, um, Not my will, but yours be done. So we pray.